podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 27 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Where this week... We're going to look back at the one-all draw against Spurs. He's found Lucas Dean, that's a good ball in, and that's the equaliser. And Czech Tosin has fired it home. Everton, level in stoppage time. We'll be discussing the role of Moise Keane. Calvert-Lewin is the man making way. It's the introduction of... The new boy, the Italian international, the capture from Juventus to the delight of the Evertonians. And we'll look ahead to this weekend's trip to St Mary's. Zuma breaks out for a shot and a goal from Ziggerton. Guilty Ziggerton slots home and Everton have got a little bit of hope. And it's fair to say, lads, the mood is, is fairly despondent in the room. Uh, whilst recording tonight and the only place to start after the, the Spurs game is with that absolutely horrific Andre Gomez injury Mate, you know what I absolutely feel for the lad it was no one likes to see, see that happen to anybody um, in any sport um, and there's been a lot of contentious uh, chat about it on obviously on social media and things like that but I mean well, first and foremost let's just wish him a speedy recovery because he's an outstanding footballer um, and it's just so so sad that that's happened to him yeah, obviously we'll have to wait and see the extent of the injury um, but the early signs look fairly terrible uh, I guess the reaction of the players on the pitch was I think enough to filter around the ground Um I was I played catch up because I've I've come back from the game and there was a lot when I was there I struggled to make sense of, uh, but that was probably the clearest thing that that came through um, that it just really wasn't good um, and I hope it's not career ending I hope it can recover. I think that's that's the thing what people don't sort of understand. I, I was watching the game uh, at home and when when they cut when the camera cut to Gomez and you could see his his foot. Uh, was facing outwards, so you knew straight away what the what the script was there. And I got up off, off the off the couch and just sort of walked out. And my missus couldn't understand why that affected me the way that it did. And for me, it's so annoying and frustrating and horrible to think about the fact that he may not come back the same player. And I don't want to sit here and be all doom and gloom, but you know we've seen it with James Coleman. Arguably, he hasn't really come back the same player. Oviedo never did. Mm. McCarthy struggled. And by the way, we said this before we recorded, it's it's absolutely amazing how many leg breaks we've had as a club in, in recent years. Um, for one of your best players to, to obviously, looks like he's got a broken ankle. Um, we, we'll have official confirmation of that. But to see that, to see the pain that he was in, to see the reaction of our players, of the Spurs players, which we will come on to, Seamus Coleman came onto the pitch from the bench, obviously after what he went through and was, was, was there consoling many people. It was absolutely heartbreaking, and like you said, Leo, we can wish is that he, he does come back the the same player, uh, and he's going to be massively missed in in what has already been quite a frustrating season. But 
That's, he's, he's a huge, going to be a huge miss. Well, he's a majestic player, isn't he? He's the only player we've got that plays the way he, he plays. And, and you know, the games he was missing at the start of the season, I'm not sure how many games he missed, but I know we missed about five games, maybe half a dozen games um, against teams that we struggled to break down when we had more of the ball. And he's that type of player that brings class into our midfield. He's, he's, you know, he's a player that always looks like he's got loads of time. He's, 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 as I said, he's a majestic footballer, and I'm just absolutely gutted for him. You know, really everything really I thought should be with him now. I mean, regardless of the result, the football obviously that that's football still football. But for me, that's we just got to make sure. Hopefully, he comes back and we see him in a blue shirt again. I think yeah, and I've, <clears> seen, I've seen, and I want to I want to discuss this because. A lot of people were saying about um, Son and obviously how he reacted to, to the tackle um, and obviously when he realised what had happened and what have you and he's got quite a bit of sympathy and okay, and, and to be honest with you, looking at it from two angles I do, I do get it. I understand why Coleman's gone to the same room after the game because he, he's, a, he's a classy character, he understands the impact of, of a leg break on both the player who's happened to and the player who's arguably caused it. Um, but that tackle was in retribution for me. Mm. from something which happened two minutes earlier where Gomez shielded the ball from Son caught him in the face no intent there for me from from my opinion what often was given by the referee and Son went after him that tackle he went after him he knew who it was he's clipped him he's caused him to go down and then Aurier now I'd love I said I'd love to see it I, I want to see what Aurier actually did because Aurier came in so according to Sky he, Gomez planted his foot and that then what caused the break. But I want to I want to see what's happened there with Ari because he's come steaming him by the way as well. Make no mistake about that. He, he's also got some kind of role to play mm. in that. Well, the, the referee association said that the red card will stand whether or not Tottenham appeal. It's highly doubted. I think I think from a mentality point of view, he won't be right anyway. But a lot of the people that either were at the game or watched the game on TV. This, this is the controversy for them, isn't it? That they're saying there's no intent there from Son to injure Gomez like that, and has the referee or whoever's told the referee to administer the the red card been influenced by the outcome? Now, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying. Well, you know. well, well, we all. I think a lot of people were surprised when he said it's not a red card tackle, and he had his yellow card out. Atkinson. He then saw that he obviously the the extent of the injury and changed it to a red card. The reason for that is, as confirmed, is that the tackle basically. Um, endangered mm. a fellow player and obviously the what happened injury wise meant that it was a red card that was that was why he was sent off because I, I completely agree with that because from where I was sitting Son made no attempt to play the ball mm. so for me it's come through the back it's, it's a professional foul yeah. for, me, for me in Son's mind he knows that he's not going to win the ball he's solely focused on Andre mm. Gomez and, and stopping him but I think Aurier by the way has got a case to answer there for me because the way he's come steaming in which he has He's also Im- impacted on that and the outcome of that injury as well, and he sort of got off. The fans knew, the fans knew what it, that he was involved because he got an absolute dog's life after that. And when he was taken off later on, he got absolutely mm-hmm. berated by the crowd because they knew he was involved in it. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of people saying you know Son's not a type of player. I know one saying he's got in there to try and break Andre Gomez's leg. The point is, emotion took over. He was after him after what had gone on a couple of minutes earlier. And that has caused Gomez to, to break his ankle or leg or, or whatever it may be. So, you know, players have got to think, haven't they? You know, that could be them. I mean, it's an emotional game. I sit I sit there watching it and I'm emotional about it and things frustrate me. But they've got to be so careful, you know, flying in like an idiot and, 
you know, going after people is just it's just not on. So rightly, letter of the law, rightly sent off. There's, mm. there's, there's, there should be no discussion. <clears throat> I know it's divided people's opinion on on, on social, but um, it's cynical. It's exactly what it is. It's cynical. If you look at the if you look at the just the still images of it, the ball. Andre's taking it lovely in his stride, and Son doesn't have to make the tackle. He's literally got the wrong side of him. He's literally about to charge with the ball. He doesn't have to put that tackle in. It's late. It's deliberately late. He's 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 gone to trip him. He's obviously not gone to do him. There's a complete difference between tripping and doing him. But that's then resulted in in obviously then trying to stop himself from flying into Warrior, which is then meant his foot's planted. It's, the outcome's horrible. Um, and you know it is going for Son to be able to see you know his, his the images of him, but you know at the end of the day he has to know he he will have known he's he's he was annoyed about the elbow and he's gone in and tripped him, and unfortunately it's resulted in what it has. Mm. Um, you know as I said we just wish him a speedy recovery. In, t- in in terms of the game, I mean, it wasn't a classic by any means, was it? It, it was two teams for me that just looked like. They were desperate not to lose. You know, I mean, it was it was, it was one of those type of games. Both lacking confidence, didn't really create a great deal. Um, I don't even remember Pickford having even to do anything. I know Tottenham had a lot of the ball certainly in the first half, but it was one of those types of games that could have gone out of the way. And it was a mistake that obviously led to their first goal that, that that created their chance. We created it for them basically. Well, the the form of both teams certainly didn't help going into the game. But then I think neither did the, the formations that either team played. I think Tottenham played a really compact diamond and it was really hard for us to play through them and they just looked to break on the counter. Which was surprising, wasn't it? Because, you know, post-game, and we said it last week, we, we thought that Tottenham would be a bit more expansive and, and would help us because, you know, we've said it time and again, we struggle with the sides that you sit deep and what have you, and we thought Tottenham would come and play. I think Kane not playing had, had an impact mm. on how they set up today. Um, but yeah, the, the, as much as they had a bit more of the ball, especially first half, the, it was a very, very strange formation. People have been crying for us to play four three three, and we played four three three, and for me, it didn't particularly work. It was a very, it was very defensive four three three, though, wasn't it? I wasn't sure it was necessarily defensive. I think we just was it even four three three? Because before four, we started recording, well, you, you two boys have said it was. For me, it was four one four one. It's flexible, though, isn't it? It is, and I, and I thought. Delph, Delph is, you know, it's a, we've said it before, the pivot position is a specialist role and Delph has obviously been given that responsibility. Um, I don't think he had the best game, if I'm honest. Um, but I think we, Tottenham are very good at coming out, coming out with the ball. You know, when we try to push them a little bit higher, they're very good even under even under a press. They're very good at coming out with the ball. And I think they, we then, as a result, dropped off them a little bit, certainly in the first half, which allowed them to, to, to sort of dominate possession in the midfield. I think the second half we pushed on to them a bit more and I think we had a little bit more success albeit not exactly a great deal of success but it's an interesting one you are the 4-3-3 is a conundrum because a lot of people have been calling for it literally everyone why are we playing this 4-3-2-1 and it's such a difficult argument because obviously against the teams that we struggle to break down the 4-2-3-1 has been very difficult to justify against teams that are a bit more expansive you know as are the teams that we played against at the end of last season the four two three one really worked for us because obviously it allowed us to you know get control of the, the ball. I thought you know, we were a bit narrow. I thought in the first half. I think we struggled for width. But, um, but do you not think that Silver set us up like that because we're playing against the team playing the diamond system where you just get overloaded in the field. If we weren't compact, 
I know it made it for an awful game to watch, but this, this is my point. I he, think we needed to be like that to he stop learns, Spurs. He learns a lesson from last season. Yeah. You know what happened? Last season we went toe-to-toe with Tottenham yeah. and, and <clears> the game was wide open. We got beat 6-2. He learned that from last season. He played so he the played, then as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but, but, but he played his three in midfield. Obviously, Delph Gomez and, and Davis. And by the way, I thought Tom Davis was terrific again. Tom played well. And that will go unnoticed. But a lot of the good things today in, in a very average performance, I thought... Tom Davis was the highlight, in my opinion. I think I think the last last few games he's really stepped up. He's he's become someone now, especially obviously with the with the unfortunate Gomez injuries. Someone who's going to be in the side more and more, and rightly so. And just just doing things simply, but also I mean he played a fantastic ball at one point. To Walcott. Ah, really. listen, mm-hmm. what, what a fantastic spot that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, pulled it back, it was, it yeah, it yeah, pulled it back and face, hit the yeah. defender and obviously got off for the corner, but. I just thought it was um, what's the name? I'm just going. I just think that he's one of our better players at this moment in time. Tom at his best is like that, and he drives with it. He looks to go forward, um, and he obviously can spot a pass. What we need to do is just give him the freedom to be able to play like that. I think he's he, he really struggled at times last season, even the season before that, because you know, thirty thousand people are not not necessarily thirty thousand, but a lot of the fans get on his back. And as a footballer, I can imagine in that situation, you're just going to go safe. And that goes against his natural game. I think he's a player that likes to play forward. He likes to be progressive. And I thought he did. You're right, Mike. I thought he played well, uh, considering. But like I say, it wasn't a classic, was it? I think both teams struggled to create chances. Both teams struggled to work the opposition keeper. Um, and it was always going to come down to who could snatch that first goal. And then, you know, as I said, we, we just gifted it. I don't know what Iwobi was thinking there, by the way. I thought Iwobi, that's his worst game he's had for us. I thought he struggled. Um, but I, he had all the time in the world there just to play a simple pass, and he's just giving it straight to them. But even before, I mean, that's he, unbelievable. Before he even gets the ball, we we had a situation where Davis had it in in centre mid, and I thought the easier pass was to Gomez. Okay, so Gomez was wide open, just beyond it. But he's gone out wide, so he still he still made a successful pass to Iwobi, and then the pass to Gomez was on again on an angle to the centre, and Iwobi again. He didn't make the easy pass or, or a penetrating pass to Gomez. He went back the other way and, and played an absolutely ridiculous pass. And then, you know, the, the rest is history. And, and it was as soon as they picked the ball up there, I thought they were going to score. I just thought, mm-hmm. backpedaling, backpedaling. You saw Holgate, he's, he's backpedaling. You know, uh, Ali nips inside and, and puts it in the bottom corner. You just think, here, here we go again, you know. At that point, we, we, we thought... to defend that, you know, when you lose the ball that in your own half like that, basically. You know, you can criticise the defence a little bit, but like you said... You don't expect to lose the ball there. It's like the worst place. In the centre of the, the pitch. Yeah, it's the well. worst place you can lose the ball. Yeah, and it had to be Ali. Didn't Ali really struggled for a while now? <laughs> we all said he scored. We all said he scored. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but it's one of those. I thought we responded. You know, we responded to it. We we you know we went on the front foot, um, and then not long after, obviously the injury happened. But I also want to touch on, and obviously it's, we can't talk about the match and not talk about. VAR and also by the way combine that with Mark, Martin Atkinson who I thought today was an utter disgrace well, he's an absolute joke of a referee that fella for me that they were the other two things that affected the way we performed in the game so the, the, the form going into the game didn't help for either team the formations didn't help but VAR and Martin Atkinson made for some kind of you know 90 second window of football before about five minutes of deliberation and mismanagement well, of the game it, I mean, it just ruined what let, could have been a game of football let's go back to just the first half and when things started for me because I was on his case from early on and 
I don't like him anyway. I think he's I think he's awful. Considering he's meant to be the best official in this, that this country's got, and he gets many high-profile matches and what have you. Um, and all the people will say that Charles goes down too easy. And it's time he does. It's time he does. In that first half, obviously he's playing central. The ball was getting fed into Richarlison uh, from Army Field, or sometimes he went, went a bit longer from our centre halves and what have you. And he was getting hacked that time and time again, getting the shape pulled, getting pulled down. He got nothing. He got nothing called first half. Now, I think there was I think two or three occasions. Now, for me, at least one or two of them were fouls, clear fouls. But the referee had decided he's got a bit of a reputation. He's getting nothing off me today. So he set the tone very, very early on, Atkinson. And that then just transcended through the whole and the rest of the game. It's the late decisions for me that drove me mad in that first half. It's like he waited for players to reaction, reaction before he gave it. There was one where, uh, I forget who it was, was it Sanchez that went out wide? Or was it Ndombele? I can't, I can't remember who it was. By the dugout, basically. He comes and touches back in. Mm. Davis is putting him under pressure. Davis actually did a good job there. Didn't foul him. Mm. It looks like, you know, it looks like May stood on his foot. Didn't even touch him on the foot. Player jumps up, screams. And the play goes on for like a few more seconds than Atkinson because he hears the noise where I'll give that. Yeah. And yeah. it's it just like, they just tried to saw, He did it saw, earlier on in the first half as well. You saw yeah. Silver smile at that point, didn't you? And Bowen Morse, he was in the, in the um, fourth officials here. Um, but it's just, Atkinson's got, for me, He's got this reputation. Got with it goes back to the, to the Rodwell red card all those years ago in the derby where he sent off Jack Rodwell for absolutely nothing. I, remember, I was sitting there, I remember being at the game, and he, he didn't have to get good at for a long time, from what I remember um, after that. But he's got previous with Everton, and for me, he's just not the, he's just not the best official out there. And I think at this moment in time, I think the majority of referees in this country are absolutely appalling. Mm. Absolutely appalling. I, I, I and they're ruining, they're ruining games. I, I agree with that. And then combine that with VAR. VAR has been brought in, I know we talked about this in the last pod, but it's been brought in to help the referees. It's actually making football more contentious because it's not being used in the right way. They've got, they don't even go and view screens on the sidelines. They, the, the people that are actually sitting in St- Stockley Park are actually people there that they know, that they're, some of them are obviously good mates with. That shouldn't be even the case. It should be impartial people who are making those decisions. And also on top of that, I mean, it's so inconsistent. It's absolutely embarrassing. And Pete, you were at the game today. I mean, the time it took to view that handball. Didn't have a clue what was going I mean, on. It, at, least it was knew it was, at least you knew it was about a potential handball. We, we didn't have a clue. I joked to the fella next to me when uh, Dean was taking the, the, the corner or waiting to take it. I said, it's probably a pen down the other end. I said, he'll march down there now and give Spurs a pen. It's, it's embarrassing. I mean, even before that, Son, Son won, which there was contact with Mina. It was a little bit clumsy from him. But Son instigates it. He throws himself to the ground. That you can... Anyone can see that. You can see that in about, what, 10 seconds ago. No, he's thrown himself to the ground. Not a penalty. And yet, they, they, they went on for about two or three minutes. They don't give it. It comes up on the screen saying, well, that's no, it. Penalty. It came up no penalty. And then they stopped the game again. They lined, they lined up for the, uh, for the goal kick. Yeah, they said they said delay the restart because they, another angle. They, they apparently but, but found no, we some, didn't some, know that. No, no, we didn't know. No, you're not but, informed as a fan there, are you? That's what I'm saying. It's all going on. You don't even know what's going on as a fan. You, you pay, your punter's paying to go every single week and you're sitting there going what's going on what are we even actually reviewing here you know what I mean but they apparently apparently found this uh, amazing other angle which is why they delayed the restart and that's funny isn't it because when it came down to the handball the other end which by the letter of the law if you're increasing the size of your uh, your body Mm. unnaturally which is what Ali's arms well above his head okay by the letter of the law 
that's that, that's a handball, that's a penalty. I've heard what he said. I've heard what they said. Yeah, they said they said basically because Ali was under pressure from Yerimina, it's not not handball. Wow. They've they've made they've made something up yet again. So they've got away from one new rule that they brought in, which is increasing the size of your body. It's an unnatural position for you, for the arm to be in, which it was. So they've made up a brand they've made up a brand new rule to counteract the new rule to say that it's not a handball. They've got no idea what they're doing. The, the, the VAR official was Anthony Taylor. He's an awful referee anyway. He's, this season, yet again with us, he's been absolutely appalling. You've got Atkinson on the pitch, who's been absolutely appalling. I go back to, and, I, and I'll, I'll say it, even Liverpool's game yesterday, he was the he was the VAR official for Liverpool. Atkinson. He was offside because of his armpit. The line wasn't even straight. And I, I can't stand Liverpool. I, want to see, I would like to see them win a corner throw and what have you. But, that wasn't offside. You can't be. It's just they're doing it's whatever. They're doing whatever they want. Here's one for you on, on, on the topic of handballs. Do you know the rule is different depending whether you're on the attacking yeah. team or the defending yeah, team? Yeah. So if that was the other way round, it would have been a free kick. Yeah. For Spurs. Yeah. 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 But that's bizarre. No, but, no, but it got reviewed. The advantage should be with the attacking. Yeah, but it got yeah. reviewed. Yeah. It was a penalty. It was, even Carragher, who was obviously a staunch red, even Carragher said that's a penalty. And, he, and his fellow commentator said, that's a penalty. They said, oh, this is going on that long now. They, they surely have to give it, were their words. They actually, we surely have to give it. You know what I mean? It was, it was a blatant penalty. You know what I mean? The guy, he's under pressure, granted, but it's hit him on the arm. It's no different. You know, to, to, to even in the Champions League final, when it hits him on the arm, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that, 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 was more, that was more of a penalty than the Champions League yeah, final. It's, 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 because Sissoko was pointing... In the Champions League final, wasn't he to tell someone to move? He hit him on the arm. And what is, what's the just? It's, it's, it's the blind faith that they even then come out, former refs, other refs, and like you said, Mike, there, and they'll come out and say, and they'll defend them. Yeah. Just say it as it is. Just say it as it is. Just say he's made an error there. It's a complete cocker. Don't try and defend it and try and spin a reason as to why it won't be given. And even on the other one, when when Richarlison, you saw it. Clearly, from where you were sitting, Pete, mm. he wriggles past Sanchez and he gets taken. He gets, he gets there's tripped. There's clear contact. He gets tripped I, in the box. I thought that was going to go to VAR, and it didn't. It did. It went to VAR. Oh, did it? Well, it, well, well, it went to. You wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't you know. Were there. But it, it went to VAR, and it was, and it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't given. But in real time, you watch that. He's actually wriggled him. He's, he's dropped his shoulder, gone down the line, and he's and he's tripped him up. It's a clumsy foul, and he's not giving it. it it's but the thing is, what refs are doing? What refs are doing now? They're almost kind of going. Well, well, I won't give it, but we'll check it just in case. Instead of being the instinct, which would be, I think, Atkinson instinct-wise there, may have just gone, penalty. But he's gone, it's a cop-out now. Okay, but it's a cop-out. They go, well, we'll let VAR do that decision for me. But they're not like, looking at that screen on the side of the pitch because they're told to use it sparingly. The, the, the use of the word sparingly has, has basically meant don't ever use it. it. hasn't been used all season, has it? Anyway, no, it's a cop out, mate. Right? The, the referee is in charge. We'll let them. We'll let them watch yeah, the video. Is. But the referee on the pitch is in charge of the game. Andy Graham, which is keys on on being sports, keep on saying the referee. Uh, the game's being refere- refereed by someone, not on the pitch. It's up to Martin Atkinson as the referee to go. Yeah, I want to look at that security for myself. It could be a pen. I look at that screen by the by the paddock. I think surely they, they must have been told something. It can't be that ambiguous. They must have been told under these circumstances, this is when you go to the edge of the pitch and look, because none of them have gone. I don't think really they got a clue, I don't really all, got a clue. all European teams who use the AR, European leagues, go and view the screen quite often. You know, the referees will go and have a look at it. The point is, he's in charge of the game. But for me, for a ref now, they've almost got like, you know what? 
I wasn't sure on that. Let, let the VAR decide every single time. Mm. It's every single. And if you're a ref, then you're getting put under pressure by a load of players. You just go, sorry, but the replay made. But it's only, it's only been. It. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's only been the last two weeks, hasn't it? Really, since you had that, that meeting that they had, they all got together in the um, wherever they meet up. And they all decided that, listen, we're going to lower this bar. They must have been drinking. They must, well, they must have been. I know, I know Lee's drinking tonight on the show, which says yeah, it all, really. This, wine, this, yeah. this is what VAR's done to him. But they've obviously got together and decided that we need to, we need to overturn decisions and we need to use it more and more and more. And it's absolutely pathetic that the game now is being absolutely ruined. It's become... We said this when they brought it in. Our fear was it's going to become massively stop-start. People in the ground are going to be aware of what's going on. These two things have come through. They're all sitting there in this Stockley Park. They haven't got a clue what's going on. They're, they're making the referee's mind up for them, which is not what it's there for. It's for clear and obvious errors. It was not used correctly once again today. It's the detriment of, of Everton, which whether it's we said about Everton's mentality and you know stuff like that last week, but it's absolutely appalling. And I've just seen a picture, by the way, of um, Aurier. In the tackle on Gomez stands on Gomez's foot when it's planted on the ground. So, yes, yeah. so retrospective action. Well, potentially so. So let's let's see. Well, no, there won't be, will there? There won't be because they haven't got a clue what day it is. So let's. let's I, I see. just, I just think, I just think it's, a, I think it's a joke. We've been, we let's let, let's just say as it is. We've been done over twice in the space of a week with VAR. Mm. The Brighton game, we would probably would have gone on to win that game. If it wasn't for a shocking decision with VAR, then the following week, one 0 down against Spurs, that gets you straight back in the game, and arguably Tosin's goal then should be the winner. Well, yeah. I was about to say the one, maybe the one shining light for me is how we came together as a team, both after the Gomez injury and after the VAR debacles. Um, yeah, the reaction was. Good. I mean, I know people. Yeah. The manager again has been criticised for bringing on White. No, but if we if we lose that, if we lose that one nil, how how are we feeling right yeah, now? Yeah, devastated. Yeah, devastated. Yeah. And what would it be like in that dressing room? You you know, arguably, you one of the best players in the squad, your best central midfielder, key to the side. Yeah. It's got potentially a, a season-ending or worse injury, yeah. and you lose that one nil. Yeah. How do you pick yourself off the floor there? I thought the reaction was spot on. I mean, I think. It's never easy in that circumstance, is it? I mean, Pete, you, you said that you said it straight away that it was a weird atmosphere, wasn't it? it was I mean, horrible. you always see that when there's a massive injury that both the opposition and the actual team are always thinking about, well, the game's irrelevant here almost. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, you want to try and get back in it and try and get something out of it and try and get a result. Mm. And I thought the players, you know, Tosin came on again, criticised by some for coming on, but I thought, you know, he came on in the week uh, against Watford, set up the goal, made a nuisance of himself. He's an aerial threat. I thought he came on um, and he took his goal brilliant. I mean, if you if you wanted one player that to, that to fall to for the goal, and by the way, what a, what a ball that is! Finish Dean. What a ball that is by Dean! That is lovely, lovely. volley. What, what a ball! ball what a ball that. by Mina! Out yeah. to Dean, yeah. by the way. Because Mina was hobbling with about sort of ten to go. That knee again, and Mina he's not so right. He, he was hobbling yet again, and obviously all substitutions have been made. He had to get through it, um, and he's played this ball across. He slipped as he's done it actually, which wasn't about things, but he slipped. What what a lovely cushioned cross by Dean and he's got that technique though, hasn't he? Yeah, look, look at the desire from Sosson. Got a, you, you thought Calvert Lewin was favourite there, and Sosson's just lit oh, that, that. That's mine, and it's a great header. You'd want that to fall to him out of anyone yeah. in that team at that moment because he, yeah. he's very good in the air. And, and fun, funnily enough, I've seen someone um, criticise the fact that when we scored the goal, we celebrated it. That's unbelievable. So why, so why wouldn't you celebrate it? So what they're saying is, you know, there was still another five or six minutes of stoppage time to go. 
we could have used that time to go on and win the game. And listen, one of the one of the the fellow professionals' best mates, Andre Gomez, has just broken his legs. A lot of emotion going on. They were all on the the player who scored. It was one of the first players over there. So Andre Gomez to console him and, and make sure, obviously, you know, he, he was okay and what have you. It's a massive pressure release. He scored a goal. He's emotional and he's being criticised for celebrating the goal. I've never listen. I know what I, I know what our fans are like, but that that is just phenomenal for me. That is absolutely embarrassing. Well, the sad thing is for me at the minute, and you know, there's a clear divide amongst the fan base, isn't there? There really is. You know, we've said it on our podcast. We've said it, you know, numerous times um, on, on several pods. That there's a there's a clear now, obviously, faction of people that just absolutely hate the manager, and it's spilling over, isn't it? In, in patches, you saw clips today on social media uh, in the Park End. Um, was it the Park End, Mike? Was it? There was videos today for people fighting and that was it yeah, yeah in the yeah. Uh, under the park end it looked like yeah yeah but I, I just think you know we've all got to come together as a team it's as simple and as straightforward as that we've got to back the team 100% you know obviously if, you know, if, the, if, the, if the manager stays or he goes or whatever it doesn't matter we saw we still all want the same thing for the team and what I can't understand is, is why you know, we've got to just get, literally get behind the manager and the team every time. But that's and to support the team, especially exactly. when the game's in progress. I don't get that at all. You're equalising people. Are, people well, are the, but Andy Gray came out. Mike, you, you'll probably put a clip of it up, up on uh, on the pod here. But I mean, he, he put it perfectly on, on, on his show there with Richard Keyes early and said, Silver has inherited the problems of previous of, of a previous regime. We've spent a load of money. But he said, he said if your recruitment's bad... Then it, it literally sets you, it can set you back, you know, years, mm. and that's what's happened. Is Silver has inherited? Let's have it right. He's inherited a mess. The vast majority of players signed under Cumin and lastly under Martinez have been have been awful signers in in the most. So that will take time, and you know, almost like the fans need to, you know, although, sorry, we said it before. I mean, we need to come out and say, look, this will take time to resolve it. So let's just get behind it. I, I think there needs to be a statement from the club. From I, that, I don't. I don't think. I think there does need mm. or, or a reiteration, whether it's from brands or whatever, that this will take time. It can be the kiss of death, can't it? It can be. Yeah, it can. But you've, you've got to say, look, we're on a journey here because at the moment, no, the club's not saying anything. But why do they and, need and to say anything? Because of course they need to say something. Because at the moment, loads of fans are saying, let's get rid of him because he's absolutely. We need to come out and say he's fifteen months into a job. He's inherited a mess. It's going to take us two or three years to sort out. Well, Mich- let's, let's already already said that, hasn't he? Yeah, but he's, he's 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 you know, I know, that, that, that sort of thing will, will actually will actually you know actually those you know, no no that's no, no. Fans. no 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 won't. Those yeah. fans aren't going to turn around. They go, oh great point. Yeah, well let's get behind well, him. No, no, I disagree with because that. that. No, because there's the, a real divide, mate. In a minute, and there's loads. It's to the detriment of the team. But it, it comes down to why the fans divided, and I think it's it's. Like conversations we've had previously, it's about modern expectations around modern football. And if you, you know, if you lose two or three games in a row, calling for someone's head's the answer. But loads, look, look when Solskjaer came under, under under pressure a few weeks ago. Loads of respected ex pros, uh, Roy Keane, Gary Neville, a few others all came out and said, "We need to give this lad time." Yeah, and it won't make and a jot of difference to what no, the but, fans no, but, think. No, but it does make a difference to some people. That them them sort of players who are respected amongst a lot of fans saying, "Right, actually, we need to get behind the team." Here. A lot of people will actually. It won't turn everyone, but people actually go. You know what? Bigger picture here. Yeah, it will actually make a difference. I think that that needs to be said. And, and Andy Gray's come out and said it himself. Silver's inherited a mess, and he, and it, it will take time to sort it out. Previous regime's recruitment, and he's got to now deal with it. Throw in now the fact that we've now lost our best midfielder. We've lost our only real carrier of the ball in in, in Bernard, and 
and we've lost Cabana as well. So I'll basically. Our three first team eleven players are arguably some of our best players, and they're out. Well, you make a, a very eloquent point, but it won't stop a lot of people who listen to us saying the answer is David Moyes. Well, I've heard it on the way on the way here. So nice, David Moyes, Chris Wilder, Kale Arteta. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder was mentioned, don't you? But he was there today. He was there today, and someone who can go talk sports as I was driving here said. I was absolutely fant- I was a great fan of David Moyes when he left. I was distraught, but a man who was there today, Chris Wilder, I'd have him. I'd have him at Everton, no problem at all by Tuesday. Oh, I love his fussy. It's so expansive yeah. and open. Listen, twenty shots on goal. That, that, that's a great point to end the first half because I can't say any more than that. I don't want to dwell on the minds yet. I'm sick and tired of talking about the minds at this moment in time. People have got their opinions. We've got our opinions. That's football. That's the way it is. But what we are going to talk about is one of the minds who's signing from the summer, and that's Moyes Keane. He should have gone to see the monitor and I think he would have realised that Deli Alley was protecting his head. No, no. What head? Protecting there his head. Yeah, he's, he's like that. He's like, oh my, well, he's gonna, your arms up there. I'm going to get, I'm gonna get hit. Your arms I'm up not looking at the ball. I'm not even looking at it. Well, I'm like, arms at the way there. No, and it's hit my arm. Protecting oh, come on. his head from what? The football. Would you have got that, would you have got the that, football. would you have got that penalty in 1980? Which penalty? Would, that, would they give that in 1980? Which that, penalty? That decision. Well, it doesn't matter. No, it's, it's, no, it's, they wouldn't. Now we're talking about. But we're not playing about 1980. We're talking saying. about 2000. This is not a handball. The, 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 the laws will state that if your arm is in an unnatural position, and it is, yes. it's above his head, yes, and it strikes Protecting your arm. His head. Look at the penalty that Manchester United have given against He's them. He's not stopping for them in the it. Champions League. He's not stopping the ball going in any unnatural position towards the goal. That's a penalty. It's just hit him on the arm. That's a penalty. Protecting Welcome to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're going to have a discussion around Moise Keane, who, who was someone who, who came in with a bit of a fanfare, ourselves right on board with him, still on board with him. We brought a t-shirt out, which was, which was well received as well, um, to back the lad and show him some support when he came in. But he struggled to hit the ground run, hasn't he, since, since the start of the season. Played against Watford, got 45 uh, in a 4-3-3 and was taken off at half-time and, and didn't feature against Spurs when I, we, we saw Tosson come on, we saw Calvert-Lewin come on and, and Sigerson as well. There was a lot of negativity around that change by Silva on Wednesday. What's, what's everyone's thoughts on, on what's going on with Moise Keane? I mean, he's showing flashes of promise, hasn't he? <clears throat> flashes of brightness in... Little moments where he's he's taken someone on and he's got a good shot out under his feet. It's clearly he can hit a ball. It's clearly he, he's got skills to run at people. But I I think Silver and the club are probably just trying to be careful with him, take a bit of pressure off him. I think the last thing you want for this lad is to destroy his confidence by putting him in the team and he's not, you know, getting goals and assists. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and it doesn't help coming into a side. That's obviously struggling for confidence, struggling for form. Let's say if Keane had come into the side, you know, when we went on that run from February onwards, uh, end of Feb onwards, imagine the type of team he'd be in. You know, arguably, he probably would have scored in that type of run. So you've got to take that into account. We're on a really horrid run at the minute. Every time we seem to get a bit of momentum, something, you know, checks us, you know, VAR, whatever you want to call whatever. But going back to him as a player, I think you know it was a coup for us to get him in the first place because uh, a lot of people come out. Oh, why would you? They know why would they sell him? No, no. He had a year left on his contract. He didn't want to sign sign a new contract because he felt he wouldn't get the minutes at the club. 
because they've obviously got a lot of top players at Juve. And he's, and he's taking a gamble. I respect him for that. A 19-year-old kid to come here to England to, you know, to try and put his wits in, in this league, arguably the hardest league in the world. And he's come here. And, and you're right, Pete. You know, he needs to be time for that. It'll take him, I think, at least a season. Very few players, particularly from Italy, by the way. How many players can you name that have come from Italy and really torn it up in the Premier League? Mm. Not many. Certainly, you know, to expect the 19-year-old kid to come here and do that. And I, you're right. I think you've got to bleed him in gently. Um, the contentious point amongst a lot of people obviously bringing him in against Watford in the cup um, and then you know getting hauled off at half time um, playing out on the right why are we playing him out there um, as Silver said in his interview this week you know he's played out right out on the right hand side for Italy several times it's not just an alien position for the boy I think fundamentally we were all at the game um, he struggled he struggled in the first half, not just with his first touch, things like that. He struggled to get the ball out of his feet. Um, and ultimately, Silva can be justified in, in actually bringing on Walcott, who's also in a little bit of form at the minute, who came on and changed the game. Mm. And we, we got through. We won 2-0. So, you know, for people using it as another spin or another angle to say, this is another angle to have a go, ruining the career of a young player. No, he knows himself it'll take him at least a year, year and a half, whatever, to try and get in the side. And if we do throw him in up front, through the middle, like we did against, I think it was Sheffield United, where he's, you know, semi-isolated or whatever, or up against, with his back to goal against teams that are sitting off, that's not his game. He's going to really struggle all day with his back to goal against those types of teams. So you're throwing, the, you know, you're throwing him to the wolves a little bit there as well. So you've got to just try and bleed it, bring him in. You know, an ideal game for him is when the game's more, more open. There's more space, and he can use his technical ability and his power and his pace to go by people. He's shown it in flashes, hasn't he? He has shown it in flashes, and he's a lucky early doors not to get his first goal. He hit the woodwork a couple of times, and you know he's there's clearly a player there. But like any young player, like you said, Pete, we've just got to bring him in. We've got to slowly bring him in and try and use him at the right time. So what though? I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll try and refrain from uh, being too emotional over this, but I'm sick and tired of reading. You know, those 45 minutes, he's going to want to go back to Italy um, in January. That's finished his career in the Premier League. What must he be thinking? That Stop stop talking nonsense. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people who think that they, they know everything about everything when it comes to football or everything or what have you. Because we, no, one, no one does and we don't. The thing is, people were crying for him to be in a 4-3-3 system or at least starting in a front three. He starts against Watford. I, I was in the fan zone on uh, Tuesday mm. and uh, Darren Griffiths had the team out, right? And the roars went, went up when he, mm. the lady was starting in, in that front three. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden, because then Silva's then taking him off after 45, he's ended his career. Stop, stop talking rubbish. You know, you, as you said, Lee, you brought on Walcott. You arguably changed the game. And had a real positive impact on the game. I thought it was very, very good. He stretched the game all the second half because he was running behind the fullback every time. I don't see the harm in in trying it. And we said this before: if you play him out wide, you're taking a bit of pressure off the kids to, to sort of score goals and be that central striker. We know what Calvert Lewin goes through on a weekly basis when he plays. It's always Calvert Lewin's not a natural striker, which we agree with. Doesn't score goals, da, 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 what have you? But he's a young lad of 19 years of age who's come from his home country, come across to England. It's a huge change for him. Silver's trying to ease him into things. You know, he hasn't, for me, he has shown flashes and he just needs to get a goal and I think then there's the pressure will be relieved. 
But he's at this moment in time, it's difficult for the team as a whole. I'm not playing particularly well. It's not ideal to, to throw him in there and go, right, go on then. Mm. Go, go and score his two or three goals. It ain't going to happen. You give him a go on the right on on, uh, on Tuesday against Watford. And to be fair, he was given... I was sitting right by the Everton dugout and Silva was giving Coleman stick in the first half. Telling, him, yeah, you know, Coleman was awful. Yeah. He was dreadful. He was saying, you yeah. know, said to Moise Keane, signing Elham along, Calvert-Lewin was getting it. They were all getting it at some point. But he, he made a bold decision at half-time to take him off for the benefit of the team. Not, not for... Big Tony in the Gladys Street, he wants to see Moise Keane on for the all 90 minutes. For the benefit of the team, to get to the quarter-final League Cup, he made the change, the change worked, but through to the quarter-finals, why, why is it being yeah. blown up into a bigger thing that actually is? I just, I just, I just don't get it. The thing is, there's, like, there's a clear agenda among some people that like they're dying to try and find an angle to try and slay and get rid of the manager. You know what I mean? And then uh, If you, we've won the game 2-0, let's celebrate we're in the quarter-final of the Cup. A oh. Cup we haven't won, by the way. So let's just try and celebrate the fact he made the changes, we won 2-0. If Keener had a stormer in the first half and then got hauled off, you'd almost have an argument going, why the hell we take him off? He didn't, he really struggled in the game. I think people forget we've we bought potential. We've yeah. not gone out and bought you know, someone that scored 25, 30 goals last season. People seem to have this idea that somehow Everton or the coaching staff are ruining strikers. Or we've done something to Moyes Keane and that's why he's not... You know, banging them in for us. Then we bought, as, you, as we've all said, young lad with bags of potential. And we're trying to manage him, right? Yeah, and, and, and I just, I just think that wherever wherever people can find negativity at the moment, they, they will find negativity. Twitter was was a wash with negativity after getting to the quarter final of the League Cup. Something that we some I think we saw we've done it twice in the last thirty two years. So why why are we all? Yeah, it, it wasn't fantastic. But we were a much better side, and and I think we most definitely deserve to go through. And the second forty-five was much better than the uh, than the first. So why why are we full of it? Well, Moise Keane, yeah, we said he come in under a fanfare. You know, a lot of fans have shown him nothing but a lot of love. A lot of fans understand that he's nineteen years of age. The lads, the, the county road bobblers with the racism thing, absolutely fantastic and rightly so. You know, great, great things to do to show them that we're, we are a family. That's what Everton are all about, and. People, I've ever heard people go, yeah, he's showing me nothing, he's not good enough, yeah, he absolutely, he's one of those, he's, he's like Sanzo, he's a flop, by the way, Sanzo scored today, absolutely pearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, it's, you know, I'm, it's just, I'm, I can't get into that headspace where people just just can't give players the the room and the time to breathe, especially young players who come in from, from a totally different league, they're trying to learn the language, they're trying to learn the culture, they're trying to learn the, about the Premier League. Mm. I don't understand that mindset, but it just stems yet again from modern football and what people believe it's modern football is all about. It's negative. It's if we're, if we're sitting now, success, don't they? If we're sitting fifth or sixth in the league now, and by the way, that would only be two wins to replace the two losses, you know, that's how tight the league is at the minute. If we were sitting in fifth or sixth now, none of this would even be a conversation. None of this would be a conversation whatsoever. People are now just looking, like I said, for angles to try and basically use it to slate the team, slate the manager, whatever. And and it's it's, it's for me, it's it's just not on. I mean, Silva's come out and clarified in in an interview, clearly come out and said that the boys' attitude in training is absolutely bob on, absolutely bob on. Even though he didn't come on, he came in. We've had a chat, I've had an honest chat with him. We're working on his first touch, we're working on his body position, we're basically working on him, trying to make him a more rounded footballer. What's wrong with that? Mm. He got, he's being criticised for coming out there, go, the guy's a buffoon, get him sacked. I mean, what? 
Let, let, let's, He's let's, come out and said what any manager would do. Like, let, let's, still, let's, I just don't get it. It's just like... It's, let's it's, not make it about the binding yeah. because we've had this discussion too often over the last... No, people are using that years. as an angle, aren't they? They are. They are. But it's about, it's about Moise Keane and, and sort of his impact with, since, he, since he's come in and, and what have you. And it's all a learning process for him. And for me, he's got, he's got a massive future. And... I've got a lot, lot of time to, for the kid and I, and I look forward to seeing the kid actually grow and, and basically show two fingers up to those who at this moment in time are doubting him because, you know, he needs, just needs to be given time and, and he, will co- he will come good. He's, he's, and obviously, he's played in a very good events society. obviously put things on a plate for him and, and I get all that, but he scored some very good goals and he's clearly got, got that talent. And at this moment in time, Everton's not a fantastic club to be at, really, in terms of the, the, the lack of positivity probably a little bit at Finch Farm. Uh, there's a lot, there's a massive split and, and divide in, in the fan base. Um, but I, I trust he will come good. Exactly, I think that's such an important point, Mike, because if he comes on in a game, gives the ball away, misses a, a couple of good chances, what's going to happen? Tom Davis was the one, and Tom Davis is now, amazingly, it's it sort of gone 184, hasn't it? You know, um, after... Well, almost him being out of the team for so long has then called for him to be brought back to the team. Well, it's because of the whole Snyder and Dell situation, isn't it, really, where they're playing two defensive midfielders, so people, oh, get, get, get. Tom Davis is there's a chance. And I, I agree that he did, because I think he's a bit more expansive. He's still quite a raw talent, but I, I think Davis has, has really come on the last sort of three, four weeks for England on the 21s and for Everton. And I think he, he showed his worth um, in, in our side. But... Last season and the season before, he was getting a dog's life. Absolute dog's life. Mm. Young kid yet again, who's developing, who's trying to grow, trying to learn the game and what have you. And it's probably a little bit easier for him with him being, well, easy in terms of he knows the Premier League. But it's difficult because obviously he's a local lad, he's never a fan and people think everyone should be wearing Nooney. And that's, that's the problem. So to give it to a kid who's come over from Italy at 19 years of age, for me, I don't get it. I just don't understand people who are in that mindset who go to the game and think, I know what I'll do. I'm just going to give you a whole yeah. other game. I know a player. I know yeah. a player and he's useless. Yeah. Like, here's a stat then, Pete. You'll have a stat. <laughs> he's started four games since he's come in from Juve in August and has completed 90 minutes once. Mm. So that just tells you everything, doesn't it? You can't expect him to walk into the Premier League as a 19-year-old kid and then suddenly just be tearing it up. You just, look, look, look at some of the players that have gone on to be absolutely worldies in the Premier League. You know, Wenger brought, took a punt on bringing Henri over, didn't he, as a winger? He didn't start with hitting the ground running at all. More closer to home with us, look when Alcetta first came. How he really struggled with the physicality of the league and the speed of it. And we were all thinking, Jesus, this lad can obviously play, but this game's too quick for him. Look how he went on to be probably our best midfielder. Here's a question, how many 19-year-old Premier League strikers can we name now? Yeah. None. It's the honest answer. None. How many, how many players of, of that age are normally playing the football in a lower division to yep. sign there to trade. I'm not saying by the way that he, that's what he should be doing, but they have they have time to grow elsewhere. Well, not everyone's killing Mbappe, are they? Of course not. You know what I mean? World Cup course. winner by the age of nineteen. You know, in, in the first team for France, scoring in, in World Cup finals and stuff like that. So only scores tappings. Only scores tappings. Yeah. <laughs> Overrated. Overrated. Um, no, but genuinely, you know, we have got we have got a player there. Let's hope he does blossom at our club. And you know, let, let's give the lad the benefit. The benefit but he won't. He won't. He won't blossom, right? And this is this is a it's not, not not a warning, but it's a it's a bit of advice. He will not blossom if people don't get off his back and think that he should be Maradona mm. because they don't. People don't understand the game and understand how these players. How important. I think that most is. fans who go to the game understand it. 
you just got the minority that are always the vocal minority to turn around and say he's absolutely no, but the, but the very but at the moment yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a minority. I'm fine, but at this moment in time, that's becoming poisonous, and that, and, that, and that minority are now seeping in to more and more people, and they're going, oh yeah, well, so and so said this, so I believe what they're saying. Shut up, make your own mind up, and realise he's 19 years of age and he's come over from Italy. Just, just, just think about. That. And if the manager wants to try him in a different position, because Richarlison can play for so from free. Yeah. He brought Richarlison out from Brazil and brought him in, turned him into a player. So he's got pre, he's got evidence of being able to bring a player from another country. In Richarlison can barely speak the language. Let's not forget how young Richarlison is. Yeah, exactly. People forget how old Richarlison. But when he brought him in from Watford, he, he hit the ground. So for me, Silva's got previously been able to bring kids in and improve them as players. He's improved Richarlison no end as a player. Look at Richardson that first came in the league. Look at him now. He's obviously a top, a top player, and he, I trust him personally to be able to go. Look, if I want to try him in one of those, you know, three positions, if you like, then we'll try him. Let's try him across there and see how he gets on. He's played, like I said, he's played. He's played for Juve out wide. He's played for Italy out wide. It's not as if he suddenly played everything central and now we're trying to convert him into a winger. We're not. We just thought we've well, got an opportunity here in a cup game where we should beat this team at home. Let's give him a go out wide. What's wrong with that? He struggled a little bit. He struggled, like I said, for me, he struggled more with his first touch. The ball kept on bouncing off him. He's also almost anticipating a clatter every time he gets it, which is fair because you're trying to get used to the speed. But once he's got, once he's, you know, once he improves his first touch, gets used to the speed, he's only going to get better and better because once he's got the ball at his feet and he's running at people, you can see the lad's got loads of technique. Loads. He's got a trick. He's got a great shot on him. He just needs a bit of time to to, to adapt. And if it takes a year or so, it takes a year. Yeah, we didn't sign him like you said, Pete. Now, to, as as a proven goal scorer, we've signed mm-hmm. him. Hopefully, as a player that will go on and score goals for us. And if we do end up selling him, let's hope we sell him for hundred million because he turns out to be a worldie. You know, what I mean, that's that's. that's let, let, let me just end things on this, okay? If if we're winning games and if say we're sitting fifth, sixth, whatever it might be, this situation and this issue does not arise. I just said it then. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, just 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 doesn't just doesn't arise, does it? You know, let, let's be honest, it's all down to the fact that we're not winning games, uh, we're not looking particularly great in terms of our position. So, what, what, can we, what can we pin on someone? Yeah, it goes back to the manager, which we've said, there's, there's motives there, and, and okay, whatever people want to believe, whatever people's opinions are, no, no, no problem at all, but let's, let's, let's not try and join things together to, to get to an end result that people want. Let's look at it correctly and look at it on its own merit. And this is this is a side this is a side issue or side fact away from those who don't want Marco Silva's Everton manager, mm. and that that that's how I will end this segment because I think that that's what people need to understand. Yeah, totally. agree. Yeah, mm. I totally agree. I think hopefully we'll go on a run, and it only takes a couple of wins, and you're up there. We've arguably got two games coming up now that okay, albeit we've lost probably our best player. We've still say games that we could potentially win. Um, we'll, we'll go on and discuss that. Discuss that in the next part. We will. So stick with us, and we're going to finish this week's podcast off with a look ahead to our trip to St Mary's. Outside of my my two children, Everton's Everton Football Club is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And so there's blessings in in difficult moments in in life, and that was certainly one of them. I knew Everton was the place I wanted to be, and I was like, just, I was just so excited to have a fresh start. 
I wanted to walk out on that pitch, and I just remember hearing Zed Cars, which is the song they play. As you walk out of the tunnel, I, I can smell the grass, and I can hear the people and the roar, and it was a sunny day, and we were playing Watford. Pulling on that blue shirt, I never wanted to take it off. It meant everything that moment, and I'll, I'll remember it forever. Welcome back to the final part of this week's podcast, where we're now going to look ahead to our next Premier League game, which is, is against Southampton. Um, aside in the last home game got absolutely bladdered 9-0 by a, a rampant Leicester side and this weekend uh, put up a, a valiant display away at Man City and lost lost 2-1 um, with obviously what's gone on this weekend and obviously the, the draw with Tottenham that we got and their performance what's, what are our thoughts going into that game can, can we obviously the game before the international break as well so really really important that we, we end on a, a positive note as well can we go there and, and can we win the game? Well, it's hard to even think about that game at the minute for me. Um, after today's result, highly emotive game today. Um, they put in, obviously, they were down to 10 men against Leicester. Um, it's important to mention that they basically just gave in, they capitulated after that because obviously they scored following um, the move that led to the red card, didn't they? So they were all, it was a red and a goal. And their heads just clearly went, but you saw a completely different team against City, and they nearly got a result. Um, they struggled to break um, them down. City did, and, and you'd expect another reaction. It's the first game back in front of their home fans, isn't it? So they're going to expect uh, uh, probably another reaction um, again. So I, such a weird place for us going there. We, we've gone there and had some great results in the past, haven't we? Didn't we go there and score three and win comfortably one? That was, yeah. That was Kone. Kone, Kone, yeah. yeah. Patrick? No, we, no, we, no, we scored, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It was a great header. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great... That, that game was... Lovely move as well, that was. It was It was the best I've ever seen us um, away. It was yeah. clinical, wasn't it? It was like it was literally a textbook performance. Yeah, Lukaku scored two and Barkley scored uh, absolutely. I thought Kone Sorry, got and, a um, and Kone. Kone scored. No, Barkley. Barkley won it. Barkley was the one who put it into yeah. the uh, put it into the bottom corner. Yeah. So yeah, two Shepard for the Kaku. Yeah. I think uh, then we've gone there last season and then didn't really turn up, did we? I know Siggy yeah. scored an absolute worldie. But, um, so it'll be an interesting game. Um, you know, It's a game for us that we've got to try. Well, obviously every game is an important game. <laughs> The Sigerson, the Sigerson world. We've got to try and get 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 a win, haven't we? The Sigerson world. He was was uh, was the season before. Last season he, 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 did, he did score again last season. Sigerson, but later on we got B two one. Sigerson world is when we got B four one. You know, so looking at the history of the fixture in terms of Everton away wins, I'd say Mary's had three, and well, three wins in the Premier League away at Southampton, whether it be the Dell or St Mary's. So it's not it's not a game for for the away team. They won once at, at our place in the Premier League, so it's very much favours the the home side. Um, I don't know what to make it. I mean, they're going to be obviously smart, and after the the Leicester game, I know obviously they played City and they show they show the reaction there, but very much backs against the wall. City had them pinned back, and it was very much a case of of missed chances and, and good defending. To be fair, uh, yeah, yesterday, but the, the Leicester game, like you say, league obviously. They got the, the red card, didn't they? And it, it sort of set them back and the, the heads went and the Leicester at the moment are firing all cylinders. They got goals on the side and they, they put them to the sword. But it I think I think today massively affects affects Everton mm. in terms of one of the best players, obviously, what happened to, to, to Gomez and 
that's going to affect our team, make no mistake, and I hope it affects us and in a more positive way and you think, well, let's try and kick on now for, for the sake of Gomez and I hope that's what happened. And it happened today, didn't it? After we scored the goal. And I think we'll get a reaction back. My I hope worry, so, I hope so. My worry is, is, and I said it before, the first part, he's such an important cog for us. He's such an important player, the way he plays. Um, his constant switching of the play, his ability to carry the ball, his ability to keep under pressure. You need those. Every player, every team needs that type of player, and he's, he he would get in most Premier League teams for me. Andre, a fully fit Andre Gomez gets in most Premier League teams, mm-hmm. and I just hope you know we can get a reaction because you know we need to get a result badly, um, and we're more than capable of going there and beating them. And our away record is, is is not great; it's really poor, um, but. You know, what an opportunity there to try and get a result there, like you said, Mike, before the international break, and then we've got a gap then to, to Norwich. Uh, is it Norwich at home? Norwich at home, 23rd. Yeah. So, you know, Norwich at the minute are absolutely dreadful. Uh, I know they've got a lot well, of... Well, sadly. <laughs> yeah. No, but they are. I mean, they made Man United look a million dollars, and then you saw United then lose yesterday. So, um, But, yeah, going back to the Southampton game, It'll be one of those. The games always follow a similar pattern, there, don't they? They're always sort of, like you said, my intensity sort of weird sort of affairs. Um, other than that, four-one, they've always been quite tight, haven't they? Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, nip and tuck, sort of a goal, a goals either way decided, doesn't it? Um, I think they they played well enough against City to take a lot of confidence from the performance. Though they were really unlucky. I think they will yeah. two-one. Yeah, were, I think they will. I mean, as I say, City had quite had, had a, lot, a lot of chances, uh, missed missed quite a few as well, uh, and obviously Kyle Walker popped up with a winner quite late on, didn't he? So they can they can feel a bit of lucky there, Southampton, and for them, for their fans, they're probably delighted to get such a, a positive reaction after getting absolutely turned over the previous week. Um, so mentally, obviously, they they've shown they've got a little bit of steel about them. They're 18th, we're 17th at the moment. Mm. It's it's a it's a, it's a big game and, and it sounds a bit daft and I don't particularly pay too much attention at this moment in time to, to the table because you know you win a game you shoot right up you know it's that's the way it goes but we've got to go there and try and put the, the Gomez injury out of our minds you know try and play our football they, they're going to, their fans are going to demand the reaction aren't they at home the mm. first home game since they got, they got uh, beat by Leicester so Southampton are going to be expected, I think, to, to play a little bit more uh, expansively, trying it on the front foot, and hopefully that can help us to, to get in behind. Them. But the, the pressure's on us, yeah, isn't it? I think you're right. We lose that game, we go into the international break in the bottom three, and and that's and that's when I'm sick and tired of going back to the manager. But that's when I think questions at boardroom level will then be asked of the manager. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is going to be a game which probably a goal. Decided. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if Cheng gets a start. You know, he's he's looked. He had a, he came on against Watford and assisted the goal for Richardson. Uh, came on again against Spurs. Got his goal. Showed a lot of, a lot of desire. Um, he seems like he's got a bit of a point to prove. He he wanted to hang around. A lot of people said it was for the, for the money, uh, but he wanted to hang around. He's shown the right attitude. He's he's made an impact in the, in the last two games. He's come on. Maybe he's in line for for a start. You know, we, we know we can finish. We know we can finish. He's shown that you know time and again, um, with with a bit of quality around him. Obviously, Richardson, it will be Walcott on his day. 
there's, there's a bit of quality there. Um, so maybe, maybe we're going to see him coming from the start. Quite possibly, mate. Um, I mean, looking at Southampton's results at home this season, they've lost 2-1 at home to Liverpool, drew one all with United, lost 3-1 at home to Bournemouth, lost 4-1 at home to Chelsea, and then obviously 9-0 against Leicester. So even before the Leicester result, they conceded seven goals in two home games against Bournemouth and Chelsea. So they've obviously struggled, obviously they've struggled all season, but I think they've struggled at home as well to get a result. I think Ings coming back into the side has given them a little bit more of a goal threat. Um, I think they like to play on the counter with him because he's obviously a bit of a, reminds me a bit like Paul Dickov. Doesn't he used to call yeah. him like the Wasp? And he is that type of player. He's just an annoying player to play against and he's just non-stop. He always non-stop scores against us, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just non-stop motion. He's always running. He chases every lost cause. He's one of those types of players, isn't he? Um, so, um, yeah, he, he's obviously a threat. Um, but I do think, you know, as those results have just read out there, you know, if, if we can get our nose in front against him, I think we can go on and, and get a result. But we desperately need a result, don't we? Like I said, as soon as we get a little bit of momentum, it just gets checked. And obviously last week it was a, a VAR thing that cost us a, a, a result against Brighton. And then, obviously, even today, I know we got a point in the end, but you know, if decisions had gone our way, we could have won that again today um, on, on the back of some, some poor decisions. So we do need to get on a run because, obviously, as we know, and as everyone keeps talking about, we've got a very, very tough December Christmas period. However you want to look at it, they're all top sides are playing over that time. And a busy, obviously, with the quarter-final yeah. of the League Cup as well, so Leicester twice in December. Yeah. Um, um, I know we played well against those teams, obviously, at the end of last season. Um, and it might suit us against some of them who come on to us. But, you know, with the injuries we've got now and things like that, we just need to try and get as many points as possible having to run up to Christmas, isn't it? Because otherwise, we could be in for a real dogfight um, if it carries on like this. Cause we've had absolutely no luck this season at all in terms of injuries, in terms of decisions, in terms of whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just turning out to be one of those seasons at the moment. Well, I mean, he's, he's got a, an interesting call to make, hasn't he, now in midfield? Because with Andre Gomez being out, well, potentially for the season, likely for the season, does he go back to Delphin Schneidlin or does he um, I don't go with Delphin Davies? Yeah, I think I think Delphin Davies is a natural way to go. He's not going to play 43 at Southampton. He will go back to having his two and then his, his number 10, effectively. Uh, now, whether... That is now a Wobie or not. I mean, you can quite quite easily play Wobie as the 10 and then say Richardson will cost. Can you and then play centre mid and go as his position? I think, I don't think he will. I think he, I think he will play um, Delph, Davis, Wobie in front. We'll probably have Keith Walker on the right. We'll, uh, Richardson will probably go left and Tossum, Calvert Lewin, Keane are the, are the options then for, you, for your central striker. I, I, I half expect Tossum to get the nod against Southampton. You, you want players who are in form, he's in form. Mm. He's, he's contributing so, and he's, he's on, probably on a little, little bit of a, a personal high I thought it would be struggled on, on the left again for me today I'd, I'd like to see him central yeah, I'd like to see Richarlison back on the left because I think I think it suits Richarlison's game better and I think him and Dean would link up better than him and Awobi I think with Bernal obviously with the um, Alpha say six to eight weeks I think yeah you, you need someone who's going to work, work back Walcott does to be fair on the right um, Richardson when he plays out wide does it will be struggles with that side of the game for me um, but yeah. I thought Richardson's done right on his own in front I think he's no he has I'm not, but I think, I think he, 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 
he, he sniffs out a goal more than anyone else in the team. But it's about what it does to the other areas of the team, though. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're far, weak, far weaker yeah. on the left. Yeah, but Bernard's injury is, is a big loss. We've all said how much, how important he is to that left hand side, and, and especially the, the game of, of Luca Dean as well. So Luca Dean's going to want a bit of protection of fronts from Charles and Will, Will Giffen. He works, he works hard. And, and ironically, we've got a little bit of depth, haven't mm. we, in the, the so-called number nine position. We've got three strikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, and, you know, Cavalier's in a little bit of, well, a little bit of form. You know, scored against Brighton. Tosson's proved to be in a bit of form. So, so Keane's the one who's not. But you haven't got to throw him in there. You've got a couple of, a couple of strikers there you can score goals. I do think what was massively noticeable, though, when we played Watford in the Cup, um, was that, you know... Well, and I, I don't know which way Southampton are going to play. With them being at home, you'd imagine they're going to try and take the game to us, which we'll hopefully see with us. But if we do get control of the ball and we end up pushing them back a bit, and we, you know, they are putting everyone behind the ball. One thing that was massively noticeable in the Watford game, and whether you noticed it, Mike, as well, but um, in those types of you know, matches, you need ball carriers, don't you? You need players that can go by people. We haven't got many players. The amount of times the ball gets recycled out to Dean... And he's putting crosses in from deep and things like that. It's so. But a lot of that's tactical, isn't it? No, like, I think it, I think it's a bit of that. But it's also a bit. If you if you imagine if you've got two wingers, like City have to an, to an extent, you can just go by people for fun, and it gets recycled out to them, and they run at that fullback every time. That, that makes a massive difference. You know that, if you watch the City Southampton game, it was side to side, side to side because of how Southampton lined up, and this is the way attacking teams get coached. If you get into a certain position, you're going to lose the ball. So you go back, you get your shape back, and you go again. So I get frustrated sometimes when people... You do need one-on-one specialists. But when people whinge about us going backwards, in inverted commas, we're not going backwards. We're resetting the shape so we can go on another attack. If you ping the ball in the box, you give it away. And if you do it now in the way that football's played, you'll have 10, 11 players running at you and will likely score. It's it's no different yeah, from how, key, but it? it's no different from how we gave the ball away today against Spurs, and then had you know four or five Spurs players running at us for an easy goal that any one of those players could score. Funnily enough, I had someone behind me on Tuesday shouting uh, forward. Forward. Every single time we got the ball, so listen, it's it's all around the ground. But we, we do, going back to that, I think we do miss players who can dribble with it. You need every team needs a, needs a player or at least two players, two or three players, or whatever who can dribble and carry the ball, and we. That was massively noticeable the other day. Um, players can go by people and upset upset rigid defences. You know, get them to drag, draw two people to them. You know, like someone like a Zaha type who always draws two players to him. That frees up someone else, doesn't it? And you do need those type. Of, and Bernard is arguably our, you know, probably only player who can actually go past people um, for fun when 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 he's playing well. So I think it will be a cagey game. Um, We've just for me, I've said it to you today, Mike. Even in the Spurs game, I just want to see. Let's just get in front, get in front, take the pressure off a little bit. Then we can play our game. It raises the confidence of everyone on the team. Let's just get in front. I'm fed up of this stat being thrown against us over and over again. I said it again on Sky today. You know, oh yeah, Marcus Silverstein never come from behind again. And it's, look, it's a, it's an awful stat, and it's not not something to be proud of. But it just it just gets churned out over and over and over again every single time. It's like a lazy thing to say every time. So. I'm hoping if we get in front, you know, they're obviously not exactly full of confidence, even though they did put a better performance against City, they still lost. Um, so I think if we score first, I think we can get a result. Um, so while I'm saying that, I'll say my prediction. I think it'll be, um, I think we'll win 2 now. 
I'm just going to do the same. Who's your scores? Copy me. Um, I think uh, I think Richardson's due a goal. Um, I think Richardson will score. Although we tend to say most weeks, I think Richardson will score. Um, and I think Awobi will score. He's come close recently. He's at the woodwork a few times. I think Awobi, if, if he plays central, which I agree with, you, he should do. Um, I think he'll score as well. I think it'll be two 0 well, I'll have uh, 2-0 Theo Walcott against his former club and Yabby Mina from a corner. Yeah, big error. Big Gerald. Thought he played okay against the day Mina. I thought him and Holgate bad about which we didn't really mention. Yes. So looked, again, not, not he, a bad match. Back in his last week when you beat on that one. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll hold my hands. I was surprised that he went with um, Mina Holgate in the cup. Yeah, but, I thought Holgate played well. He's played well the last few games. Yeah. Yeah. But he did all right again and, he, and, he's, and he's the one keeping his place in the side, isn't he? So Michael Keane's well, he's, got he's got pace. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Mark. I suppose he's on Holgate and, and he still stands. You know, and, and I do question is at times his concentration. Uh, but okay, the more games he gets, the, the more we can judge him, and that's all that we, all that we can say. And, well, and he's, say he's, done, he's done enough to keep his place. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, in terms of my thoughts on Southampton, I think we'll win one nil. Um, I do think we'll end. This little seventh of the season on a, on a positive note, and we're going to the international break on the back of a win. Um, I think we we will react, and I think I think that we're going to see a Cheng Tosson goal again. I think he starts the game. And Big Cheng. Yeah, you know, and, and rightly so. It, you know, as I said, he's he's in a little bit of form. He, he's contributing. He he seems to be be up for the game and, and listen your star players in form and, and he's got he's got to, to come in for me he's got um, a goal and assist coming on yeah off the you know, last two games he? he has, he has. so hopefully hopefully you know he gets his chance and he and he gets a goal well lads yeah. we'll, it's a good place to end it there um, thanks for listening once again we'll we'll catch you post Southampton where we'll look back at that at that game and we'll be looking ahead to after the international break to the visit of, of Norwich, the Canaries, Canaries, Canaries in town um, on the 23rd of November. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.